Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you. This morning, we uh, are outside. I've already had one request for a five-minute sermon since it's getting warm outside, so I'll work. I'll do my best. I'm not going to make that. Sorry, Eric, but uh, um, it's, uh, it's good to be out here. Remember when we had to be out here? It's just about 12 short months ago. We, we, we felt like it was prudent for us to move on out here, and so we did, um, but it's good to kind of remember that, and it's also good to be thankful that we get to have church in there, you know, this year, so it's been wonderful, but thanks for for uh, allowing us the chance to do this. We just felt like a, the right day to, to do that. Um, this morning, we continue our series on Jonah. We've been working our way through the first two chapters, um, and our text today is the third chapter of Jonah's book. Uh, but before we get to that, just a, a quick recap for the story of Jonah. Jonah gets called by God, and the calling is, get up, go, and preach. Three, three steps. God tells Jonah to do, get up and go. Go to the city of Nineveh. And preach my word to the people who are there. Jonah chooses a different way. He chooses Yerad, right? He chooses to go down. He goes down to Joppa. He goes down and to the port and finds a ship from which he climbs down. And he falls down into a deep and dark sleep. And the waves come. And the sailors are told by him uh, to save yourselves. You've got to pitch me into the sea. And so he goes down into the sea. And then he goes down into a great fish. And the great fish takes him down to the base of the underwater mountains. There's nowhere further for Jonah to go down. In the belly of this great fish, he turns. And he turns to God and he says, you are the God who I have worshiped. You are the God who has come to my rescue. Do it again. Um, and we had a great, a, a great message yesterday or last week about, about the way that God meets us in those deepest and darkest moments. Uh, and then Jonah becomes whale vomit, and the fish spits him out, right? And that's where we, that's where we find ourselves today, okay? So let's, let's turn to Jonah chapter 3. We're going to read the whole chapter there, starting in verse 1, going through verse 10. For those who are able in this hot summer sun, uh, uh, would you, out of reverence for the reading of God's word, just stand, um, those who are willing and those who are able. A reading from the, the third chapter of Jonah reading today from the Common English Bible. The Lord's word came to Jonah a second time. And what does he say? Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city, and declare against it the proclamation that I am commanding you. And Jonah got up and went to Nineveh according to the Lord's word. Now Nineveh was indeed an enormous city, a three days walk across. So Jonah started into the city walking one day and he cried out, just 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. 
And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast and put on mourning clothes from the greatest of them to the least significant. When the word of it reached the king of Nineveh, he got up from his throne, stripped himself of his robe, covered himself with mourning clothes, and sat in ashes. Then he announced, in Nineveh, by decree of the king and his officials, neither human nor animal, cattle nor flock, will taste anything. No grazing and no drinking water. That's not true today. Anyone's free to drink water. Uh, let humans and animals alike put on mourning clothes and let them call upon God forcefully. Let all persons stop their evil behavior and the violence that's under their control. He, the king, thought, who knows? God may see this and turn from his wrath so that we might not perish. God saw what they were doing, that they had ceased their evil behavior. So God stopped planning to destroy them. And he didn't do it. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. So we're diving in a little deeper here into Jonah, pun intended on that. Um, it is a little warm out here today, so I'm going to try to, to move quickly. There is water water right over here. If you need to get up and, and get some there, that will not be a, uh, there's no problem in doing that. I have my water up here too. Um, we resume working our way through this story of Jonah uh, with the after, aftermath of the whale moment. The whale moment kind of gets all the attention in the Jonah story, right? I mean, that's the one that has the cup craft, right? Where little Jonah lands in the, in the blue cup that we did last week. The whale moment gets all the attention in the story of Jonah. I mean, it's called the story of Jonah and the whale, right? Or the great fish. Um, and after all this running, after all this heading down for Jonah, God starts over again. God goes on, the words he uses in the text are literally the same, except for one phrase kind of replacing another. In chapter 1, it said this, The Lord's word came to Jonah, Amittai's son, get up and go to Nineveh, this great city, and cry out against it. And in chapter 3, in the Hebrew, same words except for the Lord's word came to Jonah, and this time it puts a second time. We've already established who he is. He's Amittai's son. It came to him a second time. Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and declare against it. What's the message here? Uh, it's interesting. Despite our wanderings, despite what we do, despite where we wander off to, God's message is consistent to us. God's call on our lives is consistent. So if you have wandered away, if you haven't wandered away, I think God speaks a consistent message to us and has a consistent word. God's persistent in, in chasing us and, and, and in speaking to us the things that we need to hear. Now, Jonah in this chapter really isn't featured that much. If you take a look at chapter 3, Jonah's not, <laughs> not here wisely. Uh, he, he decides, though, in this chapter to follow the instructions of God. So the, the time in the whale, the time in the great fish has changed Jonah, clearly, after going down and down and down and down to the depths of the sea. And turning to God and God rescuing him, Jonah's response is different. Jonah's response is more faithful. And this is his prophetic moment. We talked about how Jonah just doesn't really fit the pattern of being a prophet as we take a look at the other prophets that we find uh, in the Old Testament. This is his prophetic moment. This is where he does what Old Testament prophets are known for, right? Did you hear it or did you miss it? Because it's really short. <laughs> it lasts all of a half a verse. 
Nine words in the Common English Bible. This is what he says. Just 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's all we have recorded of Jonah doing prophetic things, uh, of, of <laughs> preaching oracles to the audience to whom God has t told him to do that. Only nine words. Just 40 more days, 40 days more and Nineveh will be overthrown. Is it likely that maybe he had a little bit more of a message? Maybe, possibly, we don't know. That is all that's recorded. Uh, Jonah's not really written. The Old Testament's not written like we would want it written. Like, I want, a, I want like a transcript. Now, what did Jonah really say? Like, what, what did he say to turn this city around? Uh, I'd like to look it up on the internet, you know? Like, can I have the video, please? Is there somebody on Twitter that's posted a video or, or somebody that's written out a transcript? That'd be really... Really good. They don't have Facebook Live um, there. Somebody following. Look at this Jonah nutcase walking through a third of Nineveh. It's not like Paul Harvey. We don't get the rest of the story. This is all we have. This is the extent to which we have recorded of what Jonah preached. This is the outcome of Jonah's transformation. This is what happens. This is the new Jonah that we encounter. The one who's faithful. The one who goes to the place where he was sent and says the words that God had given him to say. Out of this deep and dark place, Jonah found himself. Uh, we begin to see and to realize and to actualize this new Jonah, this responsive Jonah. And he goes and does what he's been called and commissioned to do. <laughs> I, I kind of wish that was like the end of what we heard about Jonah, but we're going to get to more of Jonah a little bit later in, in chapter 4. And if any of you have done the read through Jonah once a week uh, challenge, then you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I was reading Tim Green's commentary on Jonah this week, and, and he points out a succession of three actions that happen in, in Jonah chapter 3. Th three things uh, that, that people decide to do, um, taken by three different characters in this story, and all of which were responded to favorably. All of them have this great outcome. Jonah is the first and most probably insignificant character in this chapter uh, of Jonah, which is kind of funny. Uh, finally, the prophet does prophet-like things, and he fades to the background. He gets four verses of, of, of this chapter. But the first action is God's, right? God calls Jonah again and says the same thing he said before. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to take action. It's time to stop being stuck in neutral and not doing anything. He gets up and, and, and he goes to Nineveh. And Jonah's favorable response is, okay, Lord, last time didn't work out so well. <laughs> last time when I chose to, to, to run away from what you had called me to do, then it worked out so well. So this time I'm going to go. This time I'm going to go. Uh, Nineveh was the capital city of the Assyrian Empire. He had to go up and through his homeland and, and, and off to a foreign country. Um, and we don't really have any, any notable passage of time. It's just at the beginning of three, God calls and Jonah goes, and then all of a sudden he's there at the city. We learn a little bit about Nineveh in this chapter too. We know it was the capital of the Assyrian kingdom. Jonah tells us a little bit more, right? It's this great city. We have that word again, great. It's a great, enormous city. It says it required three days to trek across and to spread the word. That if, that if Jonah was going to cover the whole city, if he was going to take this 
nine-word message to the whole city. It would take him three days. It might have been under a hot beating sun, just like this. And, and he started out on his journey. But the other thing that we learn about Nineveh is that it is full of teachable people. It's full of responsible, responsive, teachable people. I mean, here we have here we have the second action. The section, second action and second favorable response happens in this moment. The action is taken by Jonah. Jonah delivers the message from God. And the favorable response is, it says, the people believed. The people believed. Uh, there's, here's this foreigner that has come from a different land that probably wasn't wearing the right clothes and, and what didn't look like the rest of the people in Nineveh and, and probably stood out like a foreigner. And they listened to his message. And it wasn't this head belief only. It wasn't this, okay, we've heard it. Hmm, that's interesting. I'll see what I'm going to do about that. It was a belief that prompted action. When you hear God's message, it's meant to prompt action and reaction, to, to transform us, to make us new people. That's what God's message does for us. And, and it started with the people of Nineveh. Don't, don't, don't get the order wrong on this chapter, okay? Don't get the order wrong. The king's command, the king's decree did not come first. This is a movement of the people. First of all, a grassroots response to what Jonah said. A communal fast, which is not an uncommon reaction to a crisis moment for Old Testament culture. And it says everybody was in, from the least to the greatest, from the people who held important positions to the people who had less important positions. Everybody said we need, in this moment, to respond and to change. And then it talks about the leaders of Nineveh. And I have to tell you, I'm impressed by this leader of Nineveh. He strikes me as a humble and a teachable leader. <laughs> Not all of our leaders today present themselves that way. Have you noticed? I know this shocks you. I think of, of captains and superstars of our favorite teams. I think of influencers and personalities that have a lot of fame and a broad audience. I think of politicians and, and elected leaders, even pastors, probably aren't immune to this. That as leaders, we need to be teachable. We need to be humble. We need to, to, when presented with new information, say, hmm, this might pertain to me. I, I might have something to learn from this. But this leader, this king of, of Nineveh, joins in. He's not above it, not above the rest of the crowd, and even issues a decree for the city. No eating, no drinking water. Again, that's not for us. Please drink water. Um, and he says this, who knows? Who knows? God may turn. God may change, and we may not perish. Like I said, this is the second action and the second favorable response in Jonah chapter 3. Jonah calls out to the city and its leaders and its people receive God's message. They don't scoff. They don't rebel. They don't say, you can't tell me what to do. I don't think so. 
They don't kick Jonah out laughing in his face. They repent. It says their leader sat in sackcloth and ashes and mourned and grieved. And it was in that repentance they throw themselves at the mercy of Yahweh God, saying, we can't force the hand of God. Our fate still lies in the hands of God, but we can change and cry out for mercy. This is the third action that's taken. Our, our characters being Jonah, first of all, and Nineveh and Yahweh. Okay, The first action was Yahweh called, Goa, called Jonah and said, go, get up and go. And the response was Jonah went. Jonah takes the second action and begins walking through this great city one-third of the way through, saying, the Lord is coming, and Nineveh will be overthrown. That's the second action. Jonah preached to Nineveh, and the response was Nineveh repented. The third action taken by Nineveh, Nineveh turned to Yahweh, which is, again, just shocking. Just out of there, just, just completely out there. When you think about it, God reached out to a foreign city. God reached out to the people outside of Israel. God still has care and concern and compassion and didn't even want the Assyrians to perish. Sometimes we get this view of Israel that's very Israel-centric, like they were just worried about them. And here we see a God that has compassion on the nations. That the, the evilness of, of Nineveh had risen up to the attention of God is what it says in chapter 1. It had risen up to Yahweh's attention. Set off by their evil actions, God still had a heart to reach them. Second, we learn that the king was humble enough to, 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 to make this decree. All persons stop their evil behavior and the violence that's under their control. A lot of people are worried about other people's actions. Have you noticed that? Some of the complaining I hear, some of the, some of the, the uh, hot takes out there that people have are all about other people and how wrong they are and how evil they are or, or the, the mistakes that they've made. What does it say about the people of Nineveh? It says all their evil behavior and the violence that was under their control. What would our world look like if we took responsibility for our own actions and said, this is under my control. I can make a difference here. I can make a difference in my family and in my neighborhood and with the people that surround me. It says it was Yahweh's turn for this favorable response. After Nineveh took this action, Yahweh has the favorable response. It says, God stopped planning to destroy us. The transformation here that we see is extraordinary. That their hearts and ears were turned toward Yahweh, which is almost unheard of to have, have, a, have a foreign city that turns to Yahweh's. This is a unique piece of scripture that we find here in Yonah. Unexpected for sure. This Nineveh, Assyrian Nineveh, with their hearts turned toward Yahweh. We see this humble and teachable posture that we find in Nineveh and we see changed behavior. That's transformation. That's what we're asking God to do for us. Change me, transform me, God. 
If I were inside, I'd point to our banner and say, that's becoming new. That's what we're talking about this year. If we were writing a manual, a how-to book on, on how to become new, let's look at Nineveh. Let's look at this foreign city. Who got it right? Too often I've made excuses. Too often it feels like, ah, a difficult and windy path to get to transformation. Too often I say, well, that takes so much effort, so much discipline. So we rationalize, we justify, we compare to other folks who are clearly worse than us. So we can't be that bad. Today I, I challenge you. Today the challenge is to become Ninevites. To rip off the band-aid and listen to the strange man of God and, and live holy lives. To turn your life toward God. After dedicating the temple in sick, Chronicles 7, King Solomon said this, if, or King Solomon heard from God who told him this, if my people who belong to me will humbly pray, if they will seek my face if, and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. This is good news. This is good news for us today. This is the amazing grace of God that, that he did for the Ninevite foreigners. He did for the outsiders. And he also does for you and for me. Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask Val to, to come on up and, and we're going to, as I pray, we're going to sing about this amazing grace that God offers us. He offers us a transformative grace that wants to take us right where we're at and make us into new people. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord God, we just come before you today so thankful. Thankful for who you are and thankful for what you've done for us. We pray today that you would um, just help us. Help us to, to respond similar to how the Ninevites did this foreign nation who humbled themselves in front of you and decided to live a new way. I thank you for the story of Jonah and what it teaches us and how we see just transformed lives. Not only through Jonah, but also through the sailors, through the Ninevites, God, so many unexpected places you just changed people's lives. We're so grateful that that grace is available to us as well. Thank you. Thank you for being with us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to offer this closing benediction to you once again. I invite you to hold out your hands as a, a physical expression of receiving this benediction today. Now all glory to God, who is able to do far beyond all that we could ask or imagine by his power that's at work within us. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and always. Amen. Amen. Go in the love of Christ. Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us. And have a great week.